0: Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. This is Keith Collins, your host, and I am blessed to know that you are listening again this week. Don't know where you're from, but wherever you are at, I pray that the blessing and the favor of the Lord is upon you today. And again, just such an honor, such a privilege, week in and week out, to come to you by way of this this broadcast by way of this program, and just to be a blessing and an encouragement to you and to the body of Christ. So, again, thank you so much for listening. Hey, I shared last week that we have a new website, and I want to give that to you again today and invite you to visit us. Um, it's KeithCollins.net. That's KeithCollins.net. Or we have another website at impactgf.org. And we just invite you to to check those out. We're actually in the process of really adding a lot of material to those sites. We want to be able to do e-courses and just to be a real blessing to everyone. So, so go over there and check those out, and, and I, I pray you'll be blessed by what you see. We already have some material there, some articles, and you can connect um, – with us by way of sending us messages. If you have a prayer request or anything like that, that's a great way to stay in touch with us. So praise God. Again, just blessed to be with you here today. And I tell you, I've I've got something on my heart and I've actually shared on this subject probably two years ago on, on a former episode, but I felt like the Lord really wanted me to return to this today. I believe this is one of those subjects that is so vital to everyone. Number one, you, maybe you don't know Jesus. This is a vital message for you. Maybe you're a leader. This is very important for you. Or maybe, you know, you're just someone who's trying to live for the Lord and maybe you're even fighting some battles and, and we all go through challenges in our life. Well, I believe this message um, reaches everyone and I want you just to, to open your heart and just ask the Lord to speak to you. So I, I want to open up in prayer this week. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your divine purposes. And Lord, I just ask today that you would just speak to our hearts. Lord, make your word alive to us. May your voice come forth. May your truth come forth. And Father, because of this episode, because of this program, may we never be the same again because your word is alive and it changes hearts. Holy Spirit, visit us now as these truths are shared in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Well, listen, I want to talk to you today about something that I'm going to simply call the joy of brokenness. What does it mean to have joy in brokenness? We could we could also call this <laughs> the crippling effect. The crippling effect, and I, I get that title actually from the story of of Jacob when he wrestled with the Lord, and the Bible shows us that his hip was put out of joint, and he literally left that wrestling match with the Lord, so to speak, um, with a limp. However, even though in his body he experienced a crippling effect. He also left with the blessing of the Lord upon his life, and he even said that he would not let go until the Lord blessed him, and sometimes, um, you know, there are seasons in our lives when we walk with the Lord, when we go through experiences where it's not always easy. Matter of fact, oftentimes it's painful. One of the statements or one of the quotes that that I I say often, I I think I coined this, maybe not, but I've never heard anyone really say it, but... But I often say that in the kingdom of God, it's pressure that produces enlargement. And I'll tell you, in my own life, in my own experience, anything that's ever been worth anything in the kingdom of God it has always come through challenges. It's come through, you know, circumstances that were not easy to deal with, but the Lord would use them in order to open a new door, to even bring about a certain level of promotion. The Bible is clear that promotion comes from the Lord, but I think it's important to understand why the Lord allows us to go through pressure situations, to go through challenging seasons in our lives. And um I know in the natural right now, my home state of Florida is being hit by a hurricane. My parents are down in that area where the hurricane is coming on land today, or it's already came on land. And um you look at that that storm and it's challenging. It can be deadly, it can be um, you know, life threatening. But at the same time, uh, being a native of Florida, there is a certain level of resiliency that Floridians, especially native-born Floridians, have. And they learn to weather the storm and to get up from the storm and to go on with their lives. And you'll see the same thing with people that maybe go through – um Tornadoes out in the plain states, or maybe people in California that go through earthquakes it 's almost like there 's a resiliency that 's built up in them, and they become stronger in life and in the kingdom of god it 's really very similar and I want to just um, you know read a little bit here today um, number one, let me look at psalm fifty one now psalm fifty one is really a penitential psalm it 's a psalm of repentance david. At this point in his life has sinned with Bathsheba, and many of you know that story, and, um, literally had her husband put on the front line where he was killed. So he's literally guilty of murder. He's guilty of adultery. Nathan the prophet comes to him and rebukes him, and, and David humbles himself and seeks deep, deep repentance before the Lord. So Psalm 51 is really about that level of repentance, but there's, there's something in This psalm that sticks out to me. And I believe, of course, it relates to the brokenness that comes through sin. And there is a brokenness that comes through sin. In other words, some of you, maybe you're listening to this today and you're broken because you're living in rebellion against the Lord. Um, That's that's a level of brokenness that, by way of repentance and by way of seeking the Lord and asking God to restore you as David did. David said, even in the inward parts of my being, God, know me there. He says, cleanse me, um, wash me with hyssop. I mean, he's calling that to God to renew his experience, his salvation, his relationship with the Lord. So if that's you, if you're in that kind of broken, and that's not really the brokenness that I'm talking about today so much. But, but this is really the, the background to David's um, Psalm in Psalm 51. But there's some wording in here that I believe relates to all brokenness. And let me let me just read from verses 14 to 17. David said, Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God, my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips. And my mouth would declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God, listen to this, the sacrifices of God, this is what I want to really focus on, are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Now again, I know David is dealing with repentance He's dealing with the fact that he has rebelled against God, against the kingdom, against his kingship, against Bathsheba, against her husband, and really against God's purposes for his life. So he's calling out to God to forgive him, to cleanse him. But he makes this statement that just stands out to me today. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And I have have found that there is an element that we can call brokenness. And actually, another word that's very fitting is meekness or even humility. And when we look at even Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, where Paul the apostle writes in this letter, and he kind of gives description to the level of humility that Jesus walked in, this amazing Savior, King, Creator, the God of the universe, God the Son, literally takes on the form of humanity and becomes obedient to death, even the death of a cross. And Paul relates his meekness, his humility, his willingness to be broken with the way that we should live our lives. And I am, I'm convinced that there is a great need for true apostolic or true kingdom brokenness among leaders, among, um, Everyone in the body of Christ, um, you don't have to be a pastor or an apostle or a prophet or a teacher or an evangelist or a church planner or a missionary or even a Christian business owner that's that's leading people in a business arena, but every one of us are called to walk in this place of brokenness. And I want to just share some some things with you today. N- Number one, I have found that the more I behold Jesus in his beauty, in his holiness, in his glory, in his power, the more broken I become. In other words, you, you cannot see him and not be affected in a way of embracing meekness, because meekness, I believe, is the native air to those that behold the Lord. Humility and brokenness is the air that we breathe when we see Him. You know, in in recent years, I say recent years, in the last ten or fifteen years, I've I've listened to different ministers of the gospel, different leaders, and sometimes I will hear um, them talk about their experiences with the Lord, which is awesome. I'm 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 one that Oftentimes, shares about my history with the Lord as I'm ministering or as I'm teaching students, especially. But I will tell you that there's a difference between um, sharing with people what the Lord has done and experiencing the depth of what God did in that experience or when that happened. And so, when I hear someone. Um, just bragging about whether it be they, maybe they go to heaven and they sit in a room and read heavenly books and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, again, I'm not trying to sound, um, judgmental or critical, but, but here's my point. Anytime I've ever experienced the, the tangible presence of the Lord, the, the, the weight, the kabod of his holiness, friend, I have been so humbled. Actually, there've been times when I could not even open my eyes because I was afraid to see the glory that was so present in that time of maybe prayer or something like that. One one season that really stands out was when I was literally a student many years ago at a Bible college and I was at my grandmother's house in Florida and I was in a season of fasting and one night I got up out of bed about three in the morning or so and went and laid on her living room floor and as I just began to call out to the Lord and worship the Lord, the glory of the Lord entered the room and I literally felt footsteps beside me and I knew it wasn't my grandmother and I was fearful fully amazed. I was, I was, to be honest with you, I was somewhat scared because I knew that this was such a holy, holy moment. And as much as I wanted to open my eyes and see what was happening in the natural, I could not do it because I was so humbled and so fearful in an awe, in a godly way. I mean, I was in awe of this experience that I had with the Lord. So my point is this, you cannot experience the glory of the lord the holiness of the lord and not be broken not be humble and i'll say this i believe the greater the lord plans has plans for you or let me restate that the greater the purposes of god is upon your life or in your life the deeper the brokenness that you will experience the the deeper levels of humility and meekness and and sometimes the the pressure that the Lord allows you to go through and allows you to experience sometimes can be very intense however it's performing the eternal purposes of God within your character and within your spirit and the Lord uses those seasons he uses those experiences in order to qualify you By brokenness to carry the glory of the Lord. Now, I'm going to make another statement here that you might disagree with, but I have, I've been blessed to train leaders now for many years, and I've, I've, I've been blessed along with other great men and women of God alongside of me, not just by myself, but we've been blessed to, um, to send leaders out. You know, we were, many of us were part of the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry, and I became one of the leaders there, and eventually the, the, the president of that institution. And then for for many years, I was the director of fire school of ministry here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And through the years, I mean, almost two decades, we poured into, mentored, prayed with, trained, took leaders, our training leaders, or, you know, mentors overseas, mentories overseas, and men and women that we were poured into. And we were blessed to to see them go in to do the works of the Lord. But one of the things I would tell them is this. In ministry, when it comes to the call of God upon your life, I believe that until you come to the place to where in your flesh you don't even desire the ministry, then you're not truly qualified to carry the glory of the Lord. Listen to the words of, of Jeremiah. i paraphrase Jeremiah was so overwhelmed with the burden of God, the prophetic calling of God upon his heart, that at one point in his ministry, he said, God, I, I want to put this down. I want to stop this. I don't want to prophesy anymore. He said, Lord, I want to walk away from this mantle, from this calling. Of course, I'm I'm paraphrasing. But but then he said, when I tried to do that, he said, this calling, this ministry, this prophetic calling upon my life is like fire that's shut up in my bones and I cannot hold it in. You see, there is something about coming to the end of human aspiration, human desire, human passions to where ministry and the call of God is is like this celebrity Public figure thing and coming to the place to where there's something in you, there's something in you that realizes it's not about you, it's not about your calling, it's not about your name, it's not about your church, it's not about your traveling ministry, it's not about your worship leading, it's not about your songwriting or whatever, your book writing, whatever you do, whatever we do, friend, it's about Jesus being glorified and the Lord will bring you to a place to where that ministry in your flesh becomes distasteful, and it becomes such a burden that it brings a level of decision to where the Spirit of the Lord in you raises up, and it's not that you have the call of God upon your life, but at that season, the call of God has you. Now, Leonard Ravenhill said something like this at one point. I'm, I'm paraphrasing him. I don't have the quote in front of me. He said something like, when ministry becomes a profession and ceases to be a passion, then get out of the ministry. Again, I'm paraphrasing him. But his point was this. Ministry um, ministry's not a profession, friend. I understand that there is professional ministry and that people pastor churches and people do itinerant ministry and people maybe teach in a ministry school or Bible college. So I understand there technically or practically it is a profession. But listen, ministry's not a profession per se. Ministry is a passion that overwhelms you, that grips your heart, and when it's upon you, especially like a fivefold, a, a, an apostle, prophet. Um, evangelist, pastor, or teacher-type calling, ascension-type gift ministry. These are gifts that Ephesians says that the Lord gave to the church, these five-fold giftings, these these governmental-type giftings. When one of those giftings or one of those callings possesses you, friend, it's it's not just easy. It's not something that you just kind of, oh, maybe I'll do it, maybe. I'll. No, friend, it owns you. And through brokenness, the Lord qualifies you to carry the call of God now listen to John 15, and I love this chapter um, talking about abiding in Christ, but there, there's one, um, there's one phrase here that I want you to kind of look at so Jesus of course, John 15 verses one through three he says, "I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away but listen to this, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. Why? That it may bear more fruit. Now, there's something in there that I want you to see. Friend, listen to me. Um, I have some holly bushes in my yard right now. They are overgrown, to say the least. And I, I've lived in this home here for about almost 13 years, I guess. And I, I need to get them trimmed. They're kind of growing out into the yard. Makes it hard to even run the lawnmower around them. They're getting so high and tall. And, you know, I, I know that they need to be pruned, and when I look at them, I can see that you know because they're overgrown, they're not as healthy as they used to be, and they don't look as nice as they used to look. In the kingdom of God, listen to what it says here. He said every branch that bears fruit. He doesn't say every branch that is not bearing fruit. We know what he does with those branches. Those branches are cut off, and they're thrown into the fire, and they're consumed, um, so there's obviously... Uh, A a visual there of being eternally lost because you're not in the vine, but when you're in the vine and you are bearing fruit, you're doing the work of the Lord. You're even having a level or a measure of um, success in a good and a godly way, not, not, you know, worldly success, but you are being effective. What does the Lord do? He doesn't just leave you there and say, okay, you've reached the place you're supposed to reach. No, he prunes you. He cuts you back, Not just once, but many times. Listen, a fruit tree needs to be cut back often, every year, in order to do what? In order to be healthy enough to bear more fruit. You see, friend, this concept of brokenness, this concept of, we can use the word here, of course, John uses the word pruning. This pruning dynamic is essential, it is vital to the call of God upon your life. I've told young leaders for years, don't grasp for ministry, cling to Jesus. Listen, the Lord makes way for a man's gift or a woman's gift. The Bible's clear on that. The Bible says promotion comes from the Lord. One of the greatest tragedies I've ever seen in my life and all my years of ministry is the stories These are tragedies. The stories of the budding leaders who promoted themselves and tried to make a name for themselves and tried, whether it be through social media, whether it be through rubbing shoulders with the right people, but they aggressively put themselves out front. And some of them landed amazing opportunities. I mean, they... They got a good salary. They got a uh, maybe a benefit package. Maybe they even became a big pastor, whatever, or, or missionary evangelist. I mean, they, they aggressively pushed themselves, and, and the truth is most of them were gifted. They had the gift of preaching, the maybe the gift of teaching, the gift of singing or, or playing an instrument. They were gifted, but their aggressive desire to self-promote opened a door. However, eventually they showed up. And when they showed up, their character became predominant and those people oftentimes, and I would never give names, but I could because I've been close to some of these people, very close, love them, still love them. But I have watched how the, the enemy use this situation in order to literally take them out of the call of God upon their lives. And even cause them to backslide and walk away from the kingdom of God completely. Why? Because, friend, they weren't ready. Listen, brokenness qualifies you for every season of your life. Listen, the Apostle Paul in his latter years, and I know there's different you know, scholarly and theological debate, and I can see both sides of this, and probably both are right, but Paul said that he was the chief among all sinners. Now, when I first read that, what I think about is that, of course, Paul persecuted the church when he was radically arrested by the Lord on the road to Damascus with letters from the priest, and he was thrown off his beast, and the Lord spoke to him out of heaven. We know this amazing story, and he was radically converted, and then, you know, spent time with the church and was prepared, and then became the Apostle Paul. But, but, but listen to me. It was in this experience that the Lord completely transformed him. So I understand that before that, he was considered a sinner, even a persecutor of the church. So when he said that he's the chief among all sinners, chances are he's referring to that. However, I, I, I can also see where Paul is saying this Even though, of course, he wasn't living in sin, there was a level of humility and brokenness for him to even say such a thing after he had seen so many powerful things take place through his obedience and through the ministry that the Lord... To be an apostle. The Lord, he said, made him. I'm an apostle by the Lord Jesus Christ. He would introduce himself as such. But every level that he experienced in the Lord, whether it be authority over demons, whether it be the power to see the sick healed, whether it be training and planning churches and setting elders in, whether it be persecution, whatever the circumstance or the situation. Listen, friend, every season brought him to a greater revelation that Jesus is holy 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 that he is the king he is God and Paul was not therefore compared to the holiness of the Lord and I know we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus however I never want to forget where I came from I never want to get to a place to where I feel like I've arrived I never want to get to a place to where I feel like I can just kind of coast in my walk with God because I have preached here and I've done this and I've been to nations and I've um, taught in by Bible schools and written a book or written three, whatever. But listen, I want to be like Paul. I want to consider myself low compared to the holiness of Jesus. I, I don't ever want to get used to Jesus. I don't ever want Jesus to just become one of the boys that that I hang out with and that I just kind of you know go through the motions with. But But I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death, listen, Paul said that he bore scars in his body friend he he knew persecution, he knew pain he knew he knew betrayal. he said everyone in Asia has turned their backs on me he knew what it was to to have spiritual sons and daughters um fail um he He knew what it was like to 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 go through pressure, to, to be hungry, to be naked, to be thirsty, to be imprisoned, to be in dungeons, to be under house arrest, to be beaten by the Jews five times with 39 lashes. He knew all these things, but all of these things further qualified him to carry a greater level of glory, even while he was yet in his human body. Listen, we know, and I got to close here in a few minutes, a couple of minutes, but we know there is a future consummation. There is a a future experience where we put off mortality, we take on immortality. We are forever in the presence of the glory of the Lord. At the same time, we also know that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And even though um, we are somewhat, um, as Charles Spurgeon said, landlocked, our spirit man is alive to Jesus. We know him. We're known by him. At the same time, we have flesh. We have temptation. We have challenges. We we deal with, with human emotions, all of these things. But the way that we see victory, the way that we walk in the kingdom glory that we've been called to walk in, even while in these mortal bodies, is through deeper levels of brokenness, deeper places of of meekness. And friend, the Lord invites you to the pruning ceremony today. That might sound comical to you, but listen, we need to allow the pruning in our lives. We need to be overwhelmed with who Jesus is, with his holiness, with his beauty, with his power. And I pray today that the Lord will take you deeper into brokenness than you've ever been before. I pray this for you. In Jesus' name. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. Again, let me invite you to visit our websites, KeithCollins.net, also ImpactGF.org. You can actually even get our books. If you've not read our books, I would encourage you to read. We have three books out, Samuel's Arising, A World Without Absolutes, and our recent book, is First Love Fire. We've got another book coming out in a few months. But hey, thank you. Thank you for listening. May the love of Jesus overwhelm you. May you experience his love and his pruning as you do the works of Jesus in your life. God bless you. We'll see you next week on Maintain the Flame. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at Keith-Collins.org or impactgf. Org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.